Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, What Has Your Website Done For You Lately?, informative. If you are unable to join us and you would like to listen to the show, links are located under the episode directory, as well as for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. These links can be accessed by finding my show on the business channel of voiceamerica.com. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. So now let me give a little background on our guest today before we jump in with our discussion. Janice Walters founded Gallardo Graphics in 2004 in response to her fascination with the power of visual concepts, particularly effective branding and logo design. A graduate of the University of California, Berkeley, Janice spent more than 20 years in marketing and sales, primarily in commercial interiors and architecture and fabric design. Working side by side with some of the nation's most creative architects and designers, Janice's appreciation of powerful design statements blossomed. Her entrepreneurial spirit led her to branch out on her own as a graphic designer in Los Angeles, and so Gallardo Graphics was born. Technology has caused a great shift in the visual world over the past two decades, creating an explosion in creative opportunities, and Gallardo Graphics has kept pace with the resulting developments in digital marketing and production. Once focused primarily on printed materials, Gallardo Graphics now offers expertise in developing websites and assisting clients with their social media outreach. New practices in printing have ushered in access to many high-style products that were previously available only to highly financed companies. Gallardo Graphics has matured into a full-service company, providing production services that streamline the customer experience. Gallardo Graphics has also expanded their offering to include agency-level branding services, guiding clients to clarity about differentiating their brand and reaching their ideal clients. Gallardo Graphics is a tremendous resource for clients wishing to elevate their presence in the marketplace. Janice currently lives in the South Bay area of Los Angeles with her husband, and she delights in travel and experiencing the exciting visual feasts all around her. So welcome, Janice. I'm glad to have you here today. Thanks so much. I'm excited. Well, I gave a bit of background on you and your company, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about what motivated you to start your graphic design and branding business? Okay. Well, you know, originally, as you mentioned, I had been very involved with a very big corporate company, and I was working lots of hours, and it was the kind of industry where there was a lot of evening uh, activities and just a lot of socializing. And it was a time when, you know, I was starting to spend a little bit more time close to home because we were starting a family. So I really wanted to find something that would integrate the design style um, and professionalism of the business I was in without having to commute and work evenings and things like that. And Visual things. I was raised in a family of the daughter of a graphic um, interior designer, and just visual things were always super important. And recently, coincidentally, I discovered this bulletin board in the back of my childhood bedroom that has a huge collection of business cards on it that I did like when I was 12. I had completely forgotten it. And so it's sort of a lifetime thing that I returned back to on an entrepreneurial level. Interesting. It's kind of fun to think back like, oh, when you see things you've done as a kid and how it kind of actually affects the business you go into. So looking back at yeah, what you've I done before. Yeah, and I remember it. My mom just pulled it out and said, here it is. 
wow, I loved it even back then. Uh, you know, a little 10, 10 or 12-year-old collecting business cards, and now I'm still super passionate about how businesses present themselves. Well, what has changed then in the last 15 years since you've actually been in business? Well, there are a couple different things. Um, I think the strongest thing, of course, is the technological changes that have brought about such a huge reliance by businesses on the digital world. So Mm -hmm. printed things are still important, but they're not as focal as the digital world. And I think another part of it, a big part of it, too, is social media, not just as a platform, but in the way that people absorb uh, visual things. Because we're really, really inundated with so many different channels for seeing things and expressing ourselves, we have to do it really effectively if we want to be noticed, if we want to stand out at all in the marketplace. So I think it creates an environment where effective graphic design and branding is more important than it ever was. You just have so little time to kind of grab somebody's attention. So I think really honing in on messaging with people um, on that, in that sense is very important. And then, of course, the, just the whole technology of how inexpensive it has become to print things that once really could only be printed with super high-end kinds of um, machinery and techniques. Now things like foil stamping and uh, heavy-duty kinds of papers and treatments are available. They're very accessible. So those are kind of two regions that have really affected how graphic design um, impacts us. So it sounds like then, you know, in the olden days, you know, or, you know, earlier in your career, too, it was mainly the bigger companies that could really afford to have someone design something and print and, you know, create for them. And the smaller companies were kind of struggling with that, where now anyone could really reach out to you, someone who does graphic design and, and things like that, and have their kind of the collateral materials, business cards, flyers, things like that actually created for them. That and also I think um, another really important aspect of working with a designer, a graphic designer, is creating a consistency not only in your printed materials but across every way that you communicate with your clients. So if you're doing a, a website and you have supportive materials either in print or online, and also, you know, the way that you're going to look in your social media or in any of the things that come from you, having someone that can help create consistency and mm-hmm. recognizable nature of what you do. Right. That's important. So you were touching on technology a little bit. So how has technology actually affected your business? Well, really, in a huge way, and back, you know, even 10 years ago, I spent so much more time personally printing things um, and uh, actually doing it in my, you know, doing that in my own, my own office. That was a huge chunk of what I do. Now I rarely actually print something myself. Um, but also just the, the linkages and the way that I can communicate with people with all the various I mean, I think this is true throughout all businesses, not just graphic design, but all the different online resources that are available for you uh, to, to be in touch with people and be in touch with people no matter where they are or where you are. Things like, you know, Dropbox and, and Google Drives and uh, just the, and file sharing that can happen and working with the cloud. I don't have to worry anymore that my graphic design program is going to crash because it's in the mm-hmm. cloud. So, right. you know, it used to, I used to be terrified when I would open up and slide those disks into, <laughs> into my drive and open it up and think, is this the day when it's going to crash? That was an actual real fright, and now it's all in the cloud. I never have to think about it, and that's wonderful. So, well, those are, and- yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to say with with that, I mean, technology has changed in so many different industries, but that also lets people work with you who aren't, you know, right down the street as well. So you can work with someone locally or out of the area. I can. I can. Although I will say I'm a little old school about the FaceTime, you know, and Mm -hmm. actual seeing someone. 
Um, so, event, yes, I do work with people all over the place, but I still really, I really value that very personal touch. Right. Well, that's important. When you're building a relationship with someone, too, you want to have, you know, people can go to, you know, online companies and place an order for mm-hmm. business cards or something, too. But it is nice to have that relationship with someone where you can really talk about what your goals are for the materials you want to have printed and that helps with the design and things, too, where if you're just going to an online ordering thing, you're not going to have any contact, really, with anyone. No, no, you're going to be kind of in the dark. <laughs> so um, it's really great to have a sounding board and someone that's really going to listen. Right. So, I mean, just talking about this then, too, and the Internet and how it's helped your business or, you know, I would assume the Internet has actually helped your business. But do you have any comments regarding how the Internet has changed what you've been doing in business? Uh, it's huge, really, because, you know, many years ago, I didn't even consider, you know, how I would do graphic design for someone that wanted to make a big statement with their social media. And now it's part of almost every package that I put together for someone. I'm going to put together all their templates that they're going to use. And uh, that's, you know, that's just new. I've had to kind of roll with that because I don't want to let go of that piece of the project. And so mm-hmm. I've educated myself on how to do that for people. Right. Well, and like I said, there's so many things that have changed over the years with, you know, the Internet, technology. I mean, 20 years ago when we would have thought we were going to be, you know, working with people all over the world even, it probably wasn't really all that imaginable. And now with the way technology has changed all of our businesses, we can really be interconnected. We can have these different softwares available to really help us you know, do the things we need to do. And so having those changes <laughs> makes your business kind of easier as well for you working with someone like me or other clients who are reaching out to you and seeing those changes, um, but still wanting to keep like a pulse on what's happening with each person as well. And so that's important um, yeah, for all of us. You talk about, you know, worldwide and like recently I was working on a uh, website for a German architectural firm, and what was just really fun is you you open up their website, you glance at it, and it automatically asks you if you want to translate it. I mean that's amazing how you mm-hmm. just, you know within half a second you have a whole new world opened up to you about how to communicate. It's very fun. Exactly. So I mean we have about probably a minute before we go to break, but do you have a quick story or anything you'd want to share about how this internet has helped you work with someone? Uh, I would say that what's been really, really fun is when you, when you have a situation where you can, like if I go back to this architectural website that we're working on, and building, building a website and being able to work with my developer who can turn it into a living, moving thing that the client can actually look at and see before it's even launched. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, and they're looking at it from, you know, across the Atlantic, and you're looking at it and evaluating what works, it doesn't work, and it's not even live yet, but it's, but it's moving. <laughs> so it's, uh, I think that that's just kind of modern magic. Well, thank you for that. That's always great to hear, you know, little stories, too. I, I always enjoy hearing how things affecting a particular story client or as well too is just kind of the theory Mm -hmm. Um, but right now it looks like that it's just about time for us to take a break Uh, so when we come back we're going to continue to chat with Janice about branding and if you have questions you will be able to call in a little bit later in the show so write down the number 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 5790 and be ready to call in when you hear that the phone lines are open. You're listening to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time voice america business network the bottom line in business you are listening to biz help for you if you have a question or comment about the show send us an email to media at a b and p dot com that's media at A-B-A-N-D-P dot com. Now, back to Biz Help For You. Welcome back to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Janice Walters told us about her background and how she got into assisting entrepreneurs with branding and graphic design. Now let's continue our discussion, and we want to talk about actually what a brand is. So Janice, can you actually explain what a brand would be? Sure, I'd love to. There's a lot of confusion around what a brand is and what a brand isn't. And once you get into it, it doesn't really actually get that much simpler, but you are able to focus in on the parts that you really need to uh, uh, perfect for your own business. So the major misconception that people have is that your logo is your brand. And that is just one small part of it. Now, a brand uh, does, does include a logo very, very critically, but a brand is actually uh, the essence of your whole business. It's the, all the various pieces that go into creating your differentiation in the marketplace and what your customers can expect from you. So, there, of course, there are lots of little things that go into that, but overall, it really is the customer experience and how you're different from the other people in your marketplace. That's so could you give an example? So could you give an example? An example that I think a lot of people can understand is that if you look, and I've used this one before when talking to people, if you look at something like uh, a Starbucks coffee and you, everybody knows what their logo looks like, but we also know exactly what to expect when we enter a Starbucks location. We know what it's going to look like on the inside. We know what the menu is going to be like. But we also know, you know, kind of what kind of music is going to be playing, what sort of reception we'll get from the barista, mm-hmm. and how long we can stay there, and just what it's going to feel like. So overall, we have an understanding of what our experience is going to be like with the Starbucks brand. And you can repeat that over and over again with successful companies, um, even a company where you don't always visit them, like, a, like an Apple, for example. 
We all know what the Apple logo looks like. And um, we also know that what their, what their vibe is as far as a company. They're trying to be very high-tech but relatable. Mm-hmm. And they're marketing to a very specific demographic. And so we know that, say, we walk into an Apple store, we know what it's going to feel like in there. We know what kind of help we're going to get. And it's so much more of an experience than simply the logo. So what it sounds like to me, though, is, you know, not what a company is also just trying to put out there as their whole brand, but really the perception that the customer has of that company. So what I think I'm going to experience. Right. It's what, and it's, and when you have a a positive association with a company, you're happy about that. You know, you know what you're going to get, you know, um, and and it's something that appeals to you because you're probably their target customer. And I think some, something that's part of branding that a lot of people that start a business need to come to embrace is that you really do have to differentiate yourself with your brand, that you can never be, as a company, all things to all people. You have to really focus on what your position as a company is going to be in the marketplace, what kind of messaging you want to put out there, what kind of goals and visions you have for your company, and equally as important, who is the audience that's going to want those um, goods and services that you may be offering. So if someone comes to you and wants to create, you know, some documents or, you know, business cards or flyers mm-hmm. or things, and and you ask them this question, you know, what do you want your brand to be? And they're not actually sure what they want to put out there. Do you kind of interview them and help them like hone in on what that should be? Do you have them think it through and come back? Yeah. It's, it's what I call my brand assessment. And um, it's part of almost every project that I'm involved with. And, The brand assessment, really, for me, I mean, it can be extremely detailed, but it also can be, you know, simplified down to two basic arenas. There's the brand position, and with those questions, when I speak with a a client, it's what what their products are, what differentiates them from their competitors, so their key messaging, uh, what their vision is, what their values are, and what their personality of their brand is. Because all companies have some sort of personality, whether you're a bank or, you know, a department store or a bookkeeping company. Mm -hmm. There is a personality. It might be that I'm an honest company or I'm a hip company or I'm a healthful company. It's, It's almost like if your brand is a person, what would they be like? So the brand position, that's a really critical piece to, for me to understand. And then we spend about the same amount of time on an audience profile, and that's where you hone in really on the details of what your client is going to be like and what they care about and what they, what they value. And then there's going to be an intersection between what you offer and what your audience is all about. And a really important piece of that uh, that people truly need to articulate is what I call heroes and villains. You want to understand what your, what the clients, you know, the the clients' worst problems are and how you can help them. So, mm-hmm. say with a bookkeeping company, you're going to look like at what they hate to do and how you can help them. And right. that's the exercise we go through with pretty much every company. What is it that you offer that solves a problem? For somebody else. So what misconceptions do people have then about a brand? I think that a lot of people have the misconception of it being just the logo. And the logo definitely does some of the heavy lifting, but not all of it. Um, and I think a lot of times people have a misconception about um, not a misconception, but maybe just a lack of knowledge about finding their ideal client and really trying to figure out who that is and who's going to be um, motivated by what you have to offer. I think Mm -hmm. that's a a problem that a lot of people just maybe don't do the thinking, the clear thinking about that piece of their business plan. 
Well, that's not always easy, too, because I know I've had where people will say, you know, okay, come up with an avatar and it's, you know, you need to know the sex and the age and where they live and what they right, eat and, right. you know, different things like that. And that's great for like some industries, you know, for me, what I do, that's not as important as some other factors, too. So I think sometimes when people hear, you know, you have to know these certain facts about your ideal customer it can prevent them from moving forward because they have no idea how to even figure that out. And it may or may not apply to their specific industry. So I think that's sometimes where people get stuck. I would agree. And, and uh, I think that sometimes an avatar can be, um, it can be kind of limiting or a little confusing for some people because especially if you do have a broad type of audience where it's not just one type of client, but maybe it's one type of values. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone who might work with, with your company, you know, maybe someone that appreciates a personal touch, they appreciate integrity, they appreciate um, accessibility, but that's not necessarily, you know, a 35-year-old woman. <laughs> right. There be many different exactly. types of people that like that. But understanding that those are the kinds of attributes that you're especially good at and that are meaningful to a certain swath of people, then you can orient your marketing and your, and your presence, your messaging, the way your company looks, and the way you reach out to them, and the way you answer the phone, all those things. They're part of your brand. And so just understanding where you're strong and how that can translate into something that is really helpful to certain people or well, other another. Well, another thing that I just thought of is, you know, you were talking too, is you can start out having, you know, a certain brand image or, you know, your logo or certain clients that you're working with. And because of the way things evolve and change over time, that might even, you know, be something that has changed in your own business. So I would assume then that's when someone should also come see someone like you to really assess, do we need to make a change in kind of what you're putting out there? Yeah, you, definitely you can augment where you are. Uh, oftentimes, I mean, it's, it's, I have sort of a little story. A little while ago, maybe four or five years ago, I decided that I thought I should update my logo. And because here I am, you know, I've been in the business at that time about 10 years, and I'm thinking, well, maybe it's time to change it up a little bit, change colors. And, you know, I messed around with it and showed it to a lot of people, and the response I got was, I really love where you are. I really love what it already is, and people know it. And so, you know, the, the only thing was I was a little restless with it. But I think, and you didn't really ask this question, but I think to really know when it's time to update your brand is if you have seriously different products than you used to or um, you're just feeling really kind of embarrassed about what you're, what you're leading with when you're marketing with people. Mm-hmm. And that's a big clue that you should probably update things a little bit. But not if we're just thinking it's old ourselves. If it's still doing what it's supposed to be doing, there's not necessarily a reason to change. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So it's and a lot of times the the you know if you look at the big Fortune 500 companies and when they do a rebrand, oftentimes it's extremely subtle. Other times it's so abrupt that you can't even understand it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So. You know, there's just a lot of thinking that goes into how someone might elevate or change their brand. Right. Well, when someone's thinking about opening a business, too, like what should they do to prepare to even start a fresh business? And when should they come talk with someone like you about creating their products and what that brand is going to look like? (laughs) Well, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, there are a lot of startup costs associated with starting a business. And a lot of times, you know, it's, you know, I would, of course, say get your, your visual game and your marketing game done right off the bat uh, because, you know, you, it's like they say, you only have one chance to make a first impression. But if you are in a situation where you're, you're, you know, you're making a huge investment in, say, you know, capital kinds of goods so that you can um, produce whatever it is you're going to produce. It's, it's difficult to put aside a lot, of, a lot of money for 
a branding situation. I do understand that. And a lot of my clients will kind of be getting started and then after, you know, after a little chunk of time, then they'll be ready to invest in their marketing. I do think that's a little bit backwards, though. I think you should at least start off with um, a, a brand assessment and an understanding of where you're positioning yourself in the market. I think that's the main thing is to work with someone who can help you really find out how you're different so that when you're out there presenting yourself in any sort of networking situation that you do have a really coherent client that you're marketing to. So I would say understanding your market position and who you're marketing to, that's the very first thing. Well, that makes sense because you want to make sure you're marketing to the correct customer. If you have products or services to sell, but then you're not marketing that correctly to draw in those clients that you really want to work with, then it hasn't done you any good to buy those products or buy the equipment or, you know, to have that ready to go to do the products or services if you actually don't have those ideal clients that are looking for you. It's true. And and I even found myself um, not, you know, not that long ago thinking to myself, I my, my personal message uh, was kind of vague because I really was trying to make everybody feel like they could work with me. And mm-hmm. I had to do some of my own, push up my own sleeve and say, wait a minute, you need to be very clear. And so even, you know, it's like even I sometimes need to take a good hard look at what am I saying to people and what am I trying to help them understand about what I really, really do and who my ideal client is. So I think, yeah, really understanding. And that way when you're, when you're in a networking situation, you can speak very clearly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you have, I mean, I think we've all been in networking events where someone, you know, sort of goes on and on, and you still didn't get an idea of what it is they do. Right. And so I think it really does help to sharpen your thinking right off the bat. Well, and that's actually kind of counterintuitive to some people because I think I'm starting a business and I want to really be able to market to anyone so I can have any client that comes, you know, my way, I'm happy to help them. Um, and so, and that makes it, you know, you understand when someone's starting, they're wanting to get business really from anywhere. Um, but having that position, like you said, to really bring in that ideal client in the long run is probably the smartest first step so that you're working with the people you really want to be working with anyway. Right, right. And that way, too, as you're, as you're going out there, um, you could, you're more able to identify what, you know, what's called power partners, the other mm-hmm. people that are you know, auxiliary to your, your business that possibly could really um, enhance your business. For me, that would be a person that was a website programmer, for example, mm-hmm. um, and being very clear about the kinds of things I do uh, helps me attract the kind of people that I can be in a collaboration with. So, right. Yeah, and it was interesting because I met up with someone who does SEO recently, and he was so specific about what his specialty was, and he had really committed to it. It was kind of surprising to me because he was so specific about helping people in a certain industry um, with a certain style of business, the way it's the way it functions. And I thought, well, it must be working for him. <laughs> you know, because right. he really thought it through. And well, and then if you hear of someone that he mentioned, like, I work with these people, then it makes it easy for you to be able to refer, you know, clients to him as well. Exactly. Exactly. You think about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, well, it looks like... I mean, our time is going by so quickly, but it's time to take another quick break. Um, So be sure to hang around to hear more from Janice Walters about branding your business. And again, if you have questions, please call 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. If you have any questions, we will be taking those after this break. And we will be back after a few commercials. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abandp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Today I'm chatting with Janice Walters of Gallardo Graphics. Are there any questions? You can call in at 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. And you can go ahead and call now if you want. And in the meantime, let's talk with Janice and get a little bit more information about the branding and materials. So, Janice, I think you might have touched on this slightly earlier in one of the segments, but are printed materials still viable in today's digital world? They are, and they're they're becoming it's interesting to me to watch how truly expanded the offering of of paper products and just the delight that a certain segment of people have in truly unique paper and you know as in years gone by there really weren't that many differentiations but the whole advent of very heavy cards and car, you know cards that are sandwiched with colors in between and raised foil and spot UV and all these different treatments that have come out. It's truly delightful to certain people. Other people just absolutely can't be bothered with it. But some, you know, it's still a very important thing. And I think people still really do respond to um, the occasional thing that they actually get in the mail. It's uh, right. it, those EDDM um, are really working for people. So that's one thing. The other thing is I recently worked with a client who has a high-end kind of um, financial advising company, and he relocated, and he decided with this relocation to completely redo everything in his, in his um, printed world with gold foil. And this wasn't just, you know, a modern foil treatment. This was using the ancient... German Heidelberg letter presses to do everything in foil because he wanted to differentiate himself with quality, upscale, and he was willing to make a, a pretty significant, not crazy, but a pretty significant investment in that every touch that his clients would have with him would be something very beautiful. And, and it's not really rare that I see that. It's, it's not super common, but it's not terribly rare either that a client, that a a business owner really wants to show quality that way. 
So I think it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's not dead, but it certainly isn't what it once was. And I think, though, having said that, I don't think anyone can really get away with never having a business card. Right, oh, for sure. <laughs> and I think you can make it really fun and interesting for people to take home your card and remember you. Well, and that helps me when I go to networking events, too. I'm talking with a few. I'm not one of the ones who wants to, you know, go through the whole room and meet everyone. I like to just have a few conversations where I'm actually getting to know them a little bit more. But it's also helpful for me to have their business card and look at it later and remember what we talked about. It's like a trigger. And so it helps me actually remember details about the conversation, which makes it easier for me to know who they were and who they serve and and things like that. But I also think, you know, when someone has a flyer of their information as well, I'll actually look over that too, which gives a little more detail than just, hi, I do X, Y, Z, you know, whatever we might briefly talk about in a conversation. But usually those flyers give more details about the services they offer or the customers they serve. And I think flyers like that are really helpful too. I agree. I completely agree. I just think they, I think more and more now, when I sit down to do a brochure or a flyer with someone, the challenge with some customers is to get them to say more with fewer words. Mm-hmm. And that's a real, you know, that's a real challenge because I, I think because of the speed of the internet and, the, and just the complete barrage that I think most of us feel, we don't slow down a whole lot to read things carefully. And I think people make a big mistake in trying to put too many words on something. Usually mm-hmm. the printed material or any material, whether it's digital or printed, it needs to encourage someone to reach out to you or reach out to your website. It sort of needs to just whet the appetite rather than be an exhausted, exhaustive piece of, of right. literature. And I think that's, that's something that a lot of people... They get it in theory, but when, it sit, when they sit right down to edit their message, they're really uncomfortable because they feel like they're leaving out something really important. Um, that's one thing. The other thing, though, too, that I think I'm trying to help people to do as well is keep in your phone a picture of your business card. Uh, not necessarily just a picture, but it could also be one that you... Uh, that you have made that is meant to be like a photograph sitting in your photos. So when you're at a mixer or some sort of networking event, uh, you can just text this to someone. And then mm-hmm. it's kind of a double great for you because not only are you texting it to them, but now you have their contact information right. in your phone. So it's, it's another layer of something that you can do. But to get back to the original question, I think that... Uh, Printed material really needs to be pretty stunning if, mm-hmm. if people are going to pay attention to it. Right, that's true. Again, you don't want to just throw something together and <laughs> you don't kind of do it haphazardly because right. it's not going right. to have, again, it doesn't even have the message you want, right? The whole going back to branding, it's not, you know, just your logo. It's all of these things together. So if you haphazardly put something and print it and hand it out, people might think, you know, well, they're not really very good at what they do because they don't have these great materials. And it may not even be the truth, but I think people do make judgments based on kind of what they see. Absolutely they do. It might not even be something that they judge consciously. Mm-hmm. Right. Except I do. <laughs> but not everybody does. So, it's uh, yeah, it is important. And I think, you know, just making sure that the details of how your, your piece is put together does... Does it really, uh, from a technical standpoint, has the graphic designer really used all the tools at, at her disposal to really make it um, look professional? You know, and that's that's a big difference between things that are just that are just done, say, in Word, mm-hmm. as opposed right. to being done in a graphic design program. So it's a, well, and it I think you've even said before, isn't like the type of paper, like the weight of paper, like there's, you know. Like, I don't know the difference between stuff, but, you know, you could print something on just a normal piece of paper or you could have a nicer, a little bit heavier weight piece of paper that's a little Mm -hmm. bit easier to keep, you know, a nicer flyer or something. But, like, you guys would know all of those kind of things to make it, you know, kind of the presentation you want to have where if we're just doing it. it Yeah, if we're just doing ourselves, Mm -hmm. we don't know what we're doing, right? Well, you're not supposed to. (laughs) Why you hire me? (laughs) So... 
So what's your favorite thing about graphic design and branding? Really, truly, I I mean, aside from just meeting with people, because I adore that, and I love the conversations with people, and I love the feeling that, you know, I really understood what someone was after. I was able to draw something out of a person that, you know, just, in fact, just last week I met with someone who has a certain kind of business, and she really doesn't speak the branding language. But you talk long enough and you get a sense of, of what, they, what they can do, what they want to do, even if they don't have the words for it. So I find that kind of intuitive process really great. Uh, but still, to this day, my very favorite thing is when I, when I turn on my computer and I open up a blank document, it's like my blank canvas, and I just get to dream up what, what is going to make sense for this client. And mm-hmm. um, I just, I still adore graphic design more than anything else, more than any of the marketing pieces that I have to do. The design itself is, my, is honestly my favorite. Which is helpful for people like me who are more logical, right? Like I'm a bookkeeper. <laughs> I do fabulous with numbers and spreadsheets and, you know, all of that stuff. But coming to something that needs to be creative, it's like I give kind of ideas of like, I think it should be like this, but then I need someone to help me figure it out and then show me like ideas and I'll be, that's the one that I want. That's what's good for me. So and I think all, yeah I that's true and you know and I I couldn't do a, I really don't know have have any idea how to make a spreadsheet but the 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 thing is that I'm learning as I mature in this in this industry is the conversations ahead of any design work are they're just more and more important to me and I I've kind of shifted how I feel toward design um, in that. It's not, it's not at all about me, and it's really about helping someone. And, you know, sometimes I have to ask myself, you know, is this client really doing the best thing for their company? Is, are, am I, you know, are there, is the choice that they're making of the offerings that I'm showing them, is it really the very best one? And sometimes it isn't, and sometimes I'm a little disappointed because I might give someone three things, and I'll think they didn't pick the best one. But ultimately... I'm here to help you, but I'm not here to railroad you. I'm, and, mm-hmm. and I've really been thinking about that a lot in the last few days. About it's really about helping, and and uh, and not so much about getting my way from a design standpoint. <laughs> so, right. Exactly. You know, that's really important. I think just having a helping feeling towards what you're doing. So, what are the things that you would owe your clients when a project is over? This is so, so important, and I became very aware of how, uh, how people walk away from a graphic design situation without having gotten everything that was owed to them, and I, I came across this when I was, whenever I'm doing any sort of um, work with, say, a program or advertising, and I've been involved with a lot of those over the years, and a lot of companies will send me their their logo that's supposed to go into a program, say they're sponsoring an ad or something, and they don't own their artwork properly. So someone made them a logo and gave them a JPEG, but that's all they gave them. And I try and finish every project with a client with uh, either a branding brief or a style guide, depending on how deeply we've worked together. At the very minimum, you need your logo in multiple formats. And, you know, not everybody understands those formats, but there are vector files, there are JPEGs, there are PNG files. They're all different types of files that are all valuable for various applications, whether it's print or online. So you really, really, that's the main thing that you need. But you also need to have access to the fonts that were used and the color numbers that were used so that if for some reason you can't get in touch with the graphic designer anymore, you have your own tools, you own your own stuff. And Candy, I, I would say that at least 75% of the people I work with don't have those things. And mm. it's really unfortunate because they paid for they probably paid for something and didn't get those final pieces. It'd be like I compare it to like buying a car but not ever having the pink slip. Right. You yeah, that wouldn't be good. 
Yeah, it would not be good. So I, I just think that's super critical to make sure that your designer gives you everything, including any artwork that, say, you purchase stock photography, you know, royalty-free stock photography. Well, you should have access to that, you know, and right. all those things should be part of the agreement that you that you make. The other thing that I'm learning more and more as time goes on is just really, really um, being very clear and very specific about what I need from them to start a project and what they, what, they, what they should expect from me. I think it's all about communication like any business. Right. Because um, misunderstandings just make it awful and painful and expensive. For so sure. I've had well, believe it or not, where, our time okay. is actually coming to an end. So I want to give you a quick uh, chance to offer something if you have that and let people know how they can connect with you. And then I'll do a final close. Well, thank you so much, Candy. This has really been fun. And the best way to get a hold of me is to email me at Janice at GallardoGraphics.com. And the... Uh, uh, phone number, of course, is always great, 310-925-1814. I have two offers, actually. I have a, a little offer and a little bit bigger offer. The little one is if you have a business card that you feel needs to be refreshed, updated, but you don't really necessarily need a wholesale rebranding, I have a special offer where for $197, I will rework your card and provide you with 500 two-sided business cards. So that's a great deal just to kind of maybe take your logo but but uh, just to emphasize it and maybe update your colors a little bit. The other one is... I'm going to have to have you actually have them reach out to you if um, okay. if you want to do that second one because I just have to cut off. We have a hard cut off for the show. So okay. I just want to thank you, Janice, actually for joining thank us you. today and explaining the branding and how it can impact your industry presence. Um, I hope the listeners found this topic interesting and that it answered questions surrounding what a brand is and isn't. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Janice at the information she shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. Next week's topic is the power of LinkedIn and using it effectively. I hope you can join us for the presentation. And please remember to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. And my website is www.abnp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us live, you can always find the episode saved on the business channel on voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week. 